He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to these Twitter Spaces. A service can enroll Twitter Spaces. I'm Anthony Irwin. Here in a bit, we are going to be joined uh, by the usual people who, who, who chime in here. I believe uh, Aaron is going to be stopping by here again. Aaron Larsoul, he and I host The Hook. Uh, and and uh, we do that every Friday. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Ramona Shelburne and Dave McMenamin. Uh, went on Brian Windhorse uh, hoop, hoop Collective and had a lot to say about a lot of things, uh, including what the Lakers did or did not or were thinking about but wound up not doing at the trade deadline. Certainly a lot of people are going to have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and uh, bring in Aaron. Aaron, can you hear me? He's connecting right now. Uh, let me know when you when you can hear me and when you're ready to go, Aaron. All right, there he is. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? You know, fantastic. Just, just lovely. Everything is great. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, you know, I wanted to start with a couple different things here. Um, and I know, you know, we're going to be talking about the deliciousness of Hennessy at, at various points in this conversation. Um the 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 hoop collective pod notwithstanding yesterday was kind of a busy day too uh with people finding out that uh genie still considers magic a part of the organization but not officially and and all of that that was kind of interesting to see lakers fans uh react to, to that news it's wild uh that things had gotten so bad with magic that one of the all-time icons in LA sports history uh, offering his input into the Lakers organization would legitimately piss off a good portion of the fan base. Uh, it's wild that we've we've arrived there, but of all of the reports that we've gotten, say since the deadline, um, what which one do you think is the one that you have rolled your eyes at the the hardest? Oh wow, what a. What a fun one. To- yeah, just because, like, because, you know, there's always agendas with all these leaks, right? You and I talked about this a, a few weeks ago where, you know, it's pretty clear when when um, Dave McMiniman, who, by the way, I didn't even think was wrong, but when he's asking about the Lakers uh, charting the last path forward for LeBron's legacy, like, that's clearly something that Clutch and LeBron are very worried about. When, when uh, Ramona is saying that, you know, that the Lakers are looking at LeBron and AD and saying, hey, this is the roster you requested. You have to make this work. Clearly, that's probably coming from uh, people on the other side of that aisle there. And and while we would all like to think that everybody would be rowing in the same direction, that's just not how all this stuff goes. So if we are understanding that these leaks and all these reports are coming from various people with, with clearly varying uh, agendas here, you know, you're allowed to say, all right, come on. <laughs> so, so is there, is there, is there, is there one that like you, you, you saw come across your table and you're like, oh, come on. Why are, what are we doing here? 
Um, probably, well, actually both. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, Houston, the Houston trade stuff. Actually, if you're, if, if you're going to commit me to one, I guess the magic one, mm-hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if it's true. Okay. Um, but if it is... Uh, well, I think I would know if it was true, and I don't know. It's still possible it's mm-hmm. true, but I, I am skeptical, let's say that. Um, but secondarily, it makes me roll my eyes because I don't – who cares? Right? Like, who cares? Not asking Magic to, like, make any decisions if it happened. It's not asking – she's not going to Magic and saying, like, come back and join the team. If Magic is just going to be a voice, say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I don't think it matters that much I, it, because of Magic's exit um, and because his tenure was not particularly successful when he was technically or theoretically in charge. Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> um, uh, so because of his very public exit and because his tenure wasn't that successful uh, to begin with, it's, it's kind of like salacious to think that uh, he would be talked to about anything having to do with the Lakers. But like I, I think it's much ado about nothing. So I guess that is the one that made me roll my eyes. If it was like a hey, magic, please come back, that would be a different matter. But just going and talking to somebody who obviously knows the game and obviously cares about the Lakers, kind of just picking his brain on a couple of things, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So I guess that would be the one that made me roll my eyes the most. But you would understand, though, like why people would react the way that they did, though, right? Like seeing Magic Johnson at all involved – like as the Lakers are are hitting one of their lowest points of the season, if the instinct immediately is to go and say, "Hey, like, what do you think? What would you do to fix this?" and he would be like, "I would leave." Like you would you would understand why people would 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 maybe take issue. <laughs> uh, I mean, like conceptually, I guess um, it just like uh, yeah. Again, I don't like if. I, there are so many people that 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 everybody involved is talking to and people that they go to in their personal lives or go to, you know, kind of outside of the organization and, and just kick around things. Um, I think that is the name that is, quote, reported because that is the one that's going to get clicks. I just don't I, I like I, I get the, I understand the like headline of it, but I just don't think it matters very much. All right. So that's the one that made me roll my eyes. But I do. I like I understand the uh, Lakers fans relationship, I guess we can call it the um, complicated relationship with, with magic. Now I definitely understand that the many parts of the organization have a complicated with relationship with magic at this point, if they have one at all. Um, so I do under, I do understand why it would be kind of shocking to see. I just don't think it's actually like, I think it's much ado about nothing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could understand that, side of it from where you're standing. I guess for me, like when I talked about it on the lowdown this morning, um, the, the, my response is like, I, I heard it was quite good. It was quite interesting. You know, I, I, I try, I try to do those things. Um, you know, and, and I try to do them without seeing red. And when I wasn't seeing red, I, I basically like what I kind of arrived at is if your instinct after insular thinking has kind of gotten you into this predicament in the first place and the instinct is to go right back to that same, you know, talent pool or, or uh, you know, that same very tight inner circle, then 
you know, that's where I would say, and now look, I'm not expecting her to make any drastic moves. And that's where, you know, she is basically just going to one of the few people I think she trusts right now. It's wild that, that like there's that trust factor when given everything that went down, leaving and then crapping on, on Palenka and all of that uh, at, S- at ESPN, you know, that trust is, is built on 20 years of, of friendship of, I mean, honestly, familial feeling uh, towards the guys. So, all that said, though, like if if insular thinking has gotten you here in the first place, and that's the criticism that I'm sure she's seeing, like I'm sure the Lakers have seen the criticism here of like, wait, we're we're, we're really we're we're leaning on Kurt Rambis here, right? We're we're leaning on Linda Rambis, and these going to be high level decision makers, and and the instinct after that, it, it, at the lowest point of the season, is, yeah. Um, Let's go back to one of the people who are also responsible for, for getting us uh, here in the first place also. Uh, and, and that's where I would just say, like, that's where I kind of rolled my eyes. Even if, because I didn't think, I thought it was kind of blown out of proportion too in the way that it was phrased. Um, you know, when, when it went so far as to say, like, it's like he's still a part of the organization. Like, I know that to be untrue. And then even if it was true, based on some characterization, characterizations of Magic's uh relationship working relationship when he was actually a part of the organization it's not like he was around much anyway so (laughs) (laughs) have i have i have i told you before how delicious that is (laughs) hennessy hurry up and sponsor our freaking show (laughs) but but yeah like i but yeah i I, that's where that's where i was like that's where i got frustrated as a fan and as somebody who who was analyzing this like even if it wasn't the, my favorite basketball team, the team I care about more than any other basketball team out there. Like, even if that wasn't the case, if I saw like the Knicks brought Isaiah Thomas back, I'd be like, what the hell are you thinking now? What, what, you know, the Detroit Pistons bring back Joe Dumars after how that ended too. Like, that's where I would say just as an, from the outside perspective, which is the only perspective I can really offer here. That's where I would say like, there has to be more candidates out there that you, that you can rely on to give some kind of input into what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, um, what you said on the show this morning, I think is fair and interesting. Um, you know, there are in internally, uh, it is less homogenous than it might seem. Mm -hmm. Um, there are, you know, not everybody agrees about everything. And, um, Rob and Jeannie are definitely open to opinions that are not what they had going in. Um, and it is more, I've said this before, it is more collaborative perhaps than it seems. However, in the end of it, somebody has to make a decision, right? So, um, you know, there's different levels of, of trust and basketball trust with, with different people. And some, some voices carry a little bit more weight in certain areas than others, but I mean, what you're saying is fair. I just think that extra, internally, there are more dissenting voices than it may seem externally, if that makes sense. Yeah, I... I but it is, it, is a fair, it is a fair criticism, though. Yeah, I mean, like, when, when, I, when I was talking about it, I, you know, I made sure to make the distinction of there might be other voices there, but the people who wind up having the final say and real sway within the organization, that's where I said that I think the Lakers need to diversify a little bit, right? Where where it's it's Jeannie and her closest confidants and and if you know there might be other voices and there you know it 
like to hear it categorized or, or characterized, uh, you know, in reports through various reporting and stuff, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's Jeannie's absolute closest friends the people that she, uh, feels the most trust to. And, and by the way, like I understand where she is coming from on that. When we care about things and we are tasked with managing those things that we seriously care about, we are going to lean on the people that we trust the most. Like when, when the uh, position that I currently hold uh, became available, Harrison reached out to me and he said, yeah, I would love to be able to work alongside you again to be able to build Silver Screen and Roll up to the place that we would like it to be. Now, I went through the same hiring process and there were multiple interviews and all of that. But Silver Screen and Roll is something that Harrison really cares about. And and he was interested and, and he, he reached out to me. He also you know, reached out to all kinds of other people that he really trusts because this is, again, something he really cares about. Understanding, though, that there are going to be people above him in making those decisions who are going to make sure that there's a diverse approach to who fits best in that position. And I think here with Jeannie, and especially given the way that things went down at the end of Jim Buss's tenure, like, of course she wants to lean on people that she really trusts because for a while there, I don't think she felt like she could trust her own brother. And that's a traumatic experience. I just think, you know, we're far enough removed at this point, And there, I don't think there is the same threat of, of her losing power that I think it would serve everybody involved here to just kind of offer up uh, a little bit more diversity at the very top of the, of the decision-making process here. But that's, that's, that's a lot more difficult to, or it's a lot easier for me to say than to actually put into practice. So just one final thing on, on that last point that you made. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Jeannie is not going to be ousted from power. Um, Absolutely not. From, from her family. That is like all that ship has sailed. That's decided. Um, so that immediate threat might not be there, but the scars from that experience are perhaps not so quick to, yeah. to, to leave, to leave one psyche. Mm-hmm. And understandably so. Absolutely. I, I, I get it. That, you know, the the stuff like I, I just, you know, my, my grandpa died a couple years ago and watching my aunts and uncles fight over the stuff that, you know, my, my grandma had died back when I was in high school and I think her will was like three thousand dollars. So so like there wasn't much to fight over and it was a lot easier for everybody to, to deal with that. But when you're talking about millions, if not billion dollar decision here decisions here, it gets a lot more complicated and, and, and not everybody winds up rowing in that same direction. And it leads to those traumatic experiences that, again, lead to behaviors that, you know, eventually you try to move on from and you grow from and you learn from. It's just it takes more time than you or I or, or Lakers fans are, are maybe uh, hoping for. Um, all right. Let's let's move on, though. The, the reports that we got. Uh, today and I'll go ahead and, and bring in a couple people here. A couple. So Edwin, I you know you. Uh, I'll add Edwin and then I'll also add. Uh, Tate Chronic. Uh, I hope I'm saying uh, both of those names correctly. Um, Edwin, I'll start with you. So far, it sounds like some iteration of uh, Russ, a first round pick. And, uh, you know, either Taylor Horton Tucker or Kendrick Nunn or whatever were on the table for, uh, for John Wall, either Christian Wood, probably more likely Christian Wood. We've heard a lot more noise about his name. 
um, than Eric Gordon. And, and the Lakers would be also sending over the 2027 pick. Now, Ramona Shelburne said on that podcast today that uh, the pick wouldn't have been sent directly over. It didn't necessarily have to be sent directly over. It could have been more of a pick swap. Um, that kind of changes a couple things, but, you know, who? not necessarily, I guess. So of the trades, like, was there, Aaron Edwin, a trade out there that you've seen reported that you were kind of bummed that the Lakers didn't pull the trigger on? To be honest, no, because, you know, again, when, when I did the exercise of thinking what could really help the team, I just really didn't feel like it's going to make a significant impact. I'm just not sure how good John Wall is now. It's been like, what, two years since we've seen him play professional basketball? And yeah. to have him try to come in and, and be in this situation that, that the Lakers are currently in, you know, 20-something games left and, and trying to implement something, I just felt like that's uh, – I really love um, Wood, so that that would be a great addition. But also giving up – maybe, maybe giving up the draft pick or swapping it, I just don't feel like it's enough to actually improve the team in any kind of tangible way that will make it feel worth it. Now, what I will say is the only question, which, of course, I don't have the answer to, is how bad did LeBron and AD want to move? If they really, really wanted to make the move, that would maybe change my opinion because I'm like, if it's that severe, okay, maybe we just need to make the change for change sake. But in terms of how many wins, you know, how you, when you do the trade between, it's like plus two wins and stuff like that, I just don't think it was really going to move the needle. It would just be changing one problem for another. And sometimes that's what you need, just a change for change sake. But I felt like it would be more of a change for change sake than a way to kind of salvage the season. Aaron, can we, can we talk about this really quick? Because this is another thing that I've kind of taken issue with. It, it, dep- it depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I promise. I'm not going to get you fired here. But like, what I want to talk about is the concept of, of you know, the scale to which improving should matter here. And you know, Rob Polinka, after uh, the trade deadline, uh, held a press conference and, and basically said that there were two categories of Lakers seasons, the one where they win a championship and the ones that they don't. And I just, you know, for me, see a lot in the middle there that there can be a scale to which a season can be either successful or failed. And I think, you know, if if all you're doing, if the only thing that or if the biggest factor here is will it will this move win me a championship like you, you wind up making like one move ever. And it winds up being like a Russell Westbrook move because you're trying to hit home runs instead of singles or taking watts walks or or whatever. So I, I, I guess like with the notion of hey, it's either win a championship or everything else. How, how do you do? How do you feel about that sentiment? Um, I agree with it, especially when you have. LeBron. All right, that's going to do it for Aaron. Um. <laughs> uh, but especially especially when you have LeBron. I mean, and AD in this case, but most specifically LeBron. The, LeBron is, is here to win a championship, and the Lakers want to win a championship every single year. Okay. Um, I agree that that thinking can, can, not always, but can get you in some trouble. Um, I would maybe say that, did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this season has not gone as, as hoped um, thus, thus far let's say that um, mm-hmm. but I don't think you, you give away LeBron years especially when he is still in his prime especially when he is playing as well as he is um, and that should indicate 
that what was available or some combination of how far away the Lakers might be actually in looking in the mirror and what was actually available in trade. Um, and if some, if there's going to be an incremental improvement, but that maybe is not enough to really increase title chances and also material materially damages title chances two, three, four, five, seven years from now, then that is a calculation that has to be made. I, I am of the opinion, if you're not winning a title, what are you doing? Right. Uh, and the two pathways there are to be really good or really bad. Um, he, and right now, the Lakers are kind of in the middle, which is not a great place to be. But I well, think, he, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say that, like, couldn't one argue? And actually, I will argue. Couldn't couldn't I argue that winning a championship is often not just a single year, you know, a, a process, a, a process that takes you know an extended period of time, and and it's something that you build towards. Like if if we're only thinking, not, why no, why wouldn't really. it be? What the because the Lakers the Lakers last, are, the Lakers last championship was a one year thing. The Lakers were terrible the year before they won the title. Got Anthony Davis, got LeBron, healthy at the right time, LeBron, and won a title. And then with a largely new roster, and then we're in decent shape if LeBron and AD were healthy last year with a completely new roster. So I. In, in a lot of cases, yes, right? The Warriors, you know, became that dynasty because they got better, a little bit better every year and, you know, drafted well and built it all up and had some good luck and, you know, some good uh, signings, uh, Sean Livingston and Iguodala, et cetera, right? So that that is the most traditional path probably, but it is not the only path. The Lakers' last title, whatever, 17 months ago, was a one-year proposition. It came together, they won, and then it was a new cast of characters the next year. Well, but like LeBron had been there for an entire year, and he had wor- he had developed a working relationship with with Rob Palenka after Magic leaves, and then like I and like and then and then even who was who was who was LeBron was hurt largely during that year, his first year, mm-hmm. and who was the coach then? Well, we, we try not to we try not to talk about right. that season. Right, and, but like, but, but in like, comes we, a new coach. In comes Anthony Davis. In comes a mostly new roster, and it was good enough. Right, but but there but there were there were some holdovers. Caruso was a holdover. Kuzma was a holdover. KCP was a holdover, and we saw those guys play important roles in that championship. And then, like, even there, all right, fine. If we are to say that winning that championship was a a one year proposition, then why did they have to? consider the next championship they, that they would have won a one-year proposition. And then, like, if, if you're saying, okay, every championship that the Lakers are going to win from then on out are these one-year propositions, then why now be change-averse? Like, why, why would we at this stage say, all right, you know what? It didn't work out this year. Let's just, I, I guess this, this season is just over. All right, everybody, bye. Those of y'all who are thinking about buying tickets to go see the Lakers this year, don't. <laughs> this season's over. My, my point is it can be a one-year proposition. And I'm not suggesting – you and I have had this conversation. I disagreed with the roster building this past offseason and the one before it. Mm-hmm. I, would have, I would have tried to keep that core of guys together. I understand some of the theory of the case for a few of the decisions – 
But I agree with you. It would have been, in my opinion, better to try to build that continuity. But the Lakers are in a place in a somewhat, well, not somewhat unique. It's, it's rare in the NBA. There's only a few teams that can do it that can go and say, we're going to go win. We can, we can do things to try to go win this year. Everything else be damned. I disagree with some of the decisions that have been made, but it is possible to win a title as a one-year proposition. We just saw it 17 months, a year and a half ago. I told you you're not allowed to call your, your daughter once she gets to one years old. <laughs> one year old you're not allowed to say you know she's 20 months or whatever yeah happens. so i won't say 17 or 18 whatever it was months ago a couple octobers ago so <laughs> a year and a half ago we'll say uh tate what are your thoughts on this one then the, the notion of the scales of success between not winning and winning a championship yeah so honestly i think it ultimately comes down to how the roster was built and i think year by year they're trying to build it on a one-year basis kind of like aaron was saying and if you go back to how the season was, I mean, how the team was structured from the start, kind of didn't work out in terms of all the old players playing with AD, Russ, and Braun. Obviously, Russ has been the core reason for our struggles, in my opinion. I think he doesn't gel with the team at all. Um, personally, I think if Palenka did a little bit better job pursuing some of those reasons, wanted to come to LA like DeMar DeRozan who obviously is having an MVP year and you just look at like the t type of team we would be without Russ put DeMar on the team I think that it ultimately comes down to how the roster was built by Palenka and you look at these last two years kind of what Aaron was saying I don't agree with how the rosters have been built either you look and you look at and see how every Laker player that has left has flourished Kuzma this year with the Wizards has been their best player you obviously see Randall, D'Lo, Ingram. The list goes on. Jordan Clarkson, even Caruso. How can you let Caruso go and not let sign him back to a 10 mil deal? deal? And you see how it, the impact he has on the Bulls. So ultimately, I don't think it would be a one-year process with this team. I think it doesn't really work like that. Obviously, the one it, the team came about in one year, but you see hey, we signed AD for five years. LeBron has been on the team for a couple of years prior to the championship team. So I think that it comes down to how the roster built, is built each year. And I don't think we can do it on a year-to-year -year basis like we've been doing. Isn't that kind of making the, the process more difficult than it has to be also? Like if, isn't that, like, I just feel, I just feel like if you're, if you're just hitting reset after you win, like I, like if, if, you know, if a really good artist puts together a really good album and then they say, all right, everything that we did on that album, we're just trashing. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to try to like the next album it might work out. It might be pretty good, but you're also you're also kind of messing with things that didn't necessarily have to be messed with. I don't know, Edwin. What do, what do you think? I'm a little bit more on Aaron's side uh, because you still have the core of of LeBron and, and AD, and yeah. I think that the issue with this season was the Lakers. Is this trade deadline? Remember, the Lakers just had no leverage. Russ playing the worst of his career. Tht signed a signed a, a bigger contract, playing worse than he is. Team sub 500. It was really hard to get a deal that would, in my opinion, actually move the needle. I understand what you're saying. There's a YouTube channel. I don't know the, the name off the top of my head, but they do like, you know, the rise of Oklahoma, the rise of the Bulls, the downfall of the Bulls. They kind of timeline all the transactions to how they, a team went from like mediocre to champion and all the moves they did and how that's pretty interesting, right? So I, I do understand that it's, it is a longer process, even in 
within that season, how many transactions happen and, and things that have to go right to build the roster that wins the championship. I just personally, I don't feel like I'm not looking at the team and thinking, oh, my goodness, if we had John Wall and Christian Wood, you know, we'd be competing with the Suns this year. I just don't think that's the truth. And I think you're better off, you know, kind of taking your medicine. You decide to go all in on Russ, then go all in on Russ. Play the season out. If we get laughed out, we get laughed out. Hopefully, optimistically, Russ plays just a little bit better. And then the offseason, when you have three, four months to really, like, work through, through your deals and through your options, if you need to move them, you'll, you'll be in a better place with more leverage. Hopefully, hopefully, THT turns it around as well. You, you'll be in a better spot in the summer than right now when they know we have X amount of hours and I'm going to make you do another bad deal. And then we're talking next season about, I can't believe the Lakers gave up a first and this, and, and you know, wall is washed, and now 2027 is gone. I just think you don't want to just make a move for move's sake that won't actually improve the team. And then the team's even more set up for failure the next year. And I think right now that this puts them in a situation where they have some options next year versus if they did what is rumored, I don't think they would. I guess, I guess, and I want to bring uh, Shub on here because uh, we haven't, we didn't, he, we didn't get to talk to him last time. Uh, Shub, let me know when, when, when you're ready to go too. But, but yeah, I, I guess for me, I still maybe I, it's just me being a, a, a just blind homer or whatever. But, but I think that there has to be some level of success this year where you make some organizational progress moving forward uh, that can still allow you to be successful next year also. That's why, like, you know, I, I, I always considered moving off of Russ. Even if Wall doesn't play, it gives you more opportunity to see what THT can be. And if you find out that the guy just doesn't have it, then, all right, you now know that that's what you're going to be operating with in this upcoming season. But right now, every time THT gets out there and he has to spend any of that time next to Russ and he has no space to be able to get to the basket... He's being asked to make these quick decisions that uh, he is not very good. That's not his strong point. He prefers to take multiple dribbles and stuff. Like that's where I just say there has to be some way to make this season successful without it necessarily winning you a championship. And and does it make it successful if you look back at at back at the from the beginning of the season to the ending point? No. But from where they are right now, I just I just always kind of consider progress you know, something of a success in and of itself. Shub, what, what do you think about uh, where we're at right now? Yeah, I appreciate the comment. Uh, thanks for adding me up. Um, hope you guys are having a good day. Did, uh, I'm on, did you I'm get on, your uh, fire alarm fixed? Did, did, yes. Before we, yes. Before... <laughs> <All> right, <good. laughs> right, after, right after our last call, man, I uh, instantly looked up all, the, all that, got a new battery for it. Um, those are tricky, man, so watch out in your house for those fire alarms. Oh, man, um, I, know, I know all about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate you again, um, but I'm with you, man. Like I, I completely agree. Like I, I respect Edwin's point um, about, you know, being smart organizationally. What we did as at the deadline was smart. It was intelligent, waited out. I understand that, but we don't have a lot of time. LeBron is retiring in three years, four years, whatever the case may be. And we have very uh, little chances at this now because the clock is, the, the clock is ticking, right? So um, would a trade for John Wall who hasn't played, uh, in his injury history and a Christian Wood, would that come off as a little bit desperate to some Laker fans? I'm absolutely in agreement that it would, but I, I could argue that we are in a desperate uh, position right now. And I understand our resource, resources are limited with the draft picks and things like that, but we, we have limited chances to extend this window, right? LeBron's legacy 
is what's everyone's everyone's mind, right? And and the fans are gonna look back like, oh, the Lakers didn't do their best to to you know uphold them and stuff. Uh, Kobe got offered a two-year, forty-eight and a half million dollar deal uh, afterwards, and people were you know getting on him for like um, you know taking too much money and not allowing, uh, not taking less uh, to uh, you know allow more free agents to come because the front office and Mitch Kupchak was so in such a stranglehold with contracts that we couldn't do anything, um, you know, past, past, you know, his prime. And then we know what happened with the injuries. So at this stage of his career, we need to take advantage of LeBron's advanced play right now that he's still able to maintain and try anything. My point is this, that we, I would understand if, you know, injuries were a problem and we didn't get to see the most out of this, that, and this, and this combination. Russ has played every single game this season. He has had every combination of himself, himself and LeBron, himself and LeBron and AD, and and him and AD separately. And we've seen every single combination. Is it fair to say it's all on him? Again, I don't want to beat a dead horse again. And all this blame game that we've played all season long, no one's getting into that. I'm just saying we've seen every single vantage point and perspective. And what most Laker fans can agree on is that it is just not working. And what we're doing now after the deadline is we are we – are, uh, not making excuses, but we are again on the optimism train and hopeful thinking because it's the only option we had left. We had an opportunity to make a different impact on our season, whether it's going to be a different result than what if we have with Russ. No one's going to know. If you don't like John Wall, I can't convince you otherwise if you don't like John Wall. But the simple idea of trying something new while we had a chance to is what I'm most disappointed about. If it doesn't work with the second rehaul and you and it, it flail, flails out again, then you can tell yourself, you know what, at least we tried. At least we attempted to do something when we had an opportunity to and you sit on it. Uh, you know, they tried with Steve Nash, which was horrible looking back in hindsight, and Dwight Howard with his back injury in hindsight. In hindsight, does it look terrible? Absolutely. But they tried, right? They tried one last hurrah to get Kobe his sixth rank, and it didn't work. They're trying right now to extend LeBron's window by acquiring Russ and getting him off ball. Did it work? No. But if you're right now in the thick of things in February at the trade deadline and you have another opportunity and the craziest part that I'm most upset about, it's not even the John Wall and Russ swap. It is about the addition of Christian Wood that's being uh, said here. And what you guys reported about, you know, the pick swap or the 2027 not being offered is the most shocking thing to me. So, I mean, I was believing in Rob from the beginning. He was had a very disappointing uh, trade down, in my opinion. It's been four or five days and we've had no rumors of the bio market of anyone. So it's really disappointing overall. And the last thing I'll say is this. When we talk about the rust and the wall, you know, rumors, I say this all the time. My followers are sick of me. It is not about who is better. It is not about who upgrades the team. It is about who hurts our team less and makes less mistakes. And so from that vantage point, you got to look at that and say, you know what, if I bring in a guy who's going to be average, be serviceable and make less mistakes, I can allow LeBron and AD to, you know, do more what they need to do. And so, you know, that that's just kind of the standpoint that I look everything with and it just led me to overall disappointment. So. Yeah. I, I think that last part, yeah, go ahead, Edwin. I I, the, I really agree though with that last part on on whoever they bring in for Russ, like whether it be Wall or or whomever, if they do something in the in the off season, like it, they have to you know remind themselves. Yes, there are creative players who will lighten the burden on LeBron in that specific aspect of of the game, but they also have to keep in mind that you know that that creative tax can become 
more of a burden than anticipated. And I think that's what they ran into here with Russ. But but go ahead. Can, uh, I, can I push back a little bit? Yeah. If the standard that, that we're going for here is less worse than Russ, you want to include a what seems to be like a pretty high-prized asset for that? You want to give up? You want to give up a, a first round pick five years from now just so this guy might not be as bad? Well, to to be clear, like when when I look at trades that I have considered, like moves that I would have personally done, uh, it was you know like I the Lakers are getting Wood back too, and uh, the Lakers you know when when Kevin O'Connor was mentioning uh, a potential uh Eric Gordon trade where they're getting him back instead of uh instead of Wood and the Lakers are sending out Russ and Wall and THT or like none in a combination of your of your minimum contracts to be able to get there mathematically. So like no, I was against I was always against including a first rounder just to get off of Russ, but if you're getting something on top of getting ru- off of Russ, then like I I don't know. I, I I think I'm I'm okay with that. Especially by the way if it's a pick swap and it's not just giving up the pick altogether. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to agree with your point. Yeah, go ahead, Edwin. Thank you. Um, my main thing is that um, it's not for me. It's not wall rust, even though that my wall rust is kind of funny. Sorry about that. Uh, but with with wall, the issue is since he hasn't played in in a couple of years, I'm just worried. You know, again, this isn't 2K. Can he get up to speed? How close to NBA ready to play tomorrow is he? And this is a very volatile situation right now with a team sub 500. If he starts off rusty for a week or two, has to work himself into NBA shape. We don't have time for that when there's only like 20-something games left. If I saw Wall play and he looked like his normal self, I feel so much more comfortable about that. But the fact that we haven't seen him, I'm also taking that risk of, of is he really going to help us this year? Or is he is he just not ready to be in this kind of situation where a team – you know, win now and they're sub so, 500. There's 20 games left. That, the that's the problem is, though, that we've also. Can I speak to that? The problem is, we've also right. we've also watched Russ all year. Like, like exactly, like we, exactly. Like I, we, I want, we've I want we've to seen say him. This real quick. <laughs> NTHT as well. That that's an asset. I know he hasn't played that well, but giving him up as well. That's that's an issue. Edwin, let me lay something out for you though, because I think this is really interesting right here. So every question you had about John Wall just now is extremely valid, one thousand percent. I'm with you. If you want to say I don't trust his injury history, that's why I don't want John Wall on this team. One thousand percent true. What were the naysayers saying in July when this trade went down? Oh, it's not going to work. Russ needs the ball in his hands. The fit's not there. Yada yada yada. It's just not it. You know things like that. Were they right at this point? You know you could generally say they were right. Some people were saying no to Demar Derozan. He doesn't shoot the three. Uh, he's not clutch in, in uh, you know clutch moments. He doesn't make big shots. He's going to be ass in the playoffs. And Laker fans were generally wrong. He is in the MVP conversation. You know, uh, very clearly. So all all these naysayers and these critiques and these doubts, they can hinge in any single direction. We don't know. Everything you're saying is valid. Everything Laker fans were saying were valid. But we've seen both instances this summer alone from free agents where they were right and they were wrong, right? So my, my whole point is this, that while the valids are, 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 are the concerns are valid, the simple attempt in trying and figuring out and just throwing something against the wall to get something productive out of this season is something you have to consider highly. And if they were in talks, I think, I think Rob was having the same mindset and because he was feeling pressure and stuff like that. Uh, from LeBron that, listen, we could have another failed experience and we're going to bite the bullet for that. Um, if that first round pick comes back to bite us, so be it, you know, but 
if we try this right now, we can look back and say, you know what? We actually tried something. It didn't work. Rather than sit here right now, we could have, should have, would have. Like everyone's been whining about Buddy Heal that we didn't do, right? So my hope was that they learned from this past past summer about not doing the right decision, but at least attempting. So you could still attempt something else and see if that works, right? So, I mean- Couldn't and, I also and like argue I said, the lesson from this summer is not chasing though? I mean, not ch we're not chasing though. If this offer came about, that's what I'm saying. If that they well, were, they which, were well, which, 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 which offer? Which it would be this chasing. Offer. It would be chasing by trading Russell Westbrook in a first round pick for John Wall. That's true. That's what we're discussing. That's chasing. So that's why we're talking about Correct. this today. That the 2027 it was reduced from just a full first round pick to now just a pick swap. That's what we're saying. So that's why. Oh, yeah, but I'm, the not, I'm, Wood, I'm not. I'm not sure. But reg accurate. Regardless. The Christian Wood aspect too. I didn't even get to mention too. So that you put any that of the any of the guys, even if John Wall is unsuccessful, yeah. Any of the guys, even if John Wall is unsuccessful. So I'm saying worst case scenario, like you guys are saying, because I can't bet on John Wall just like you guys. Of I course, know, yeah, yeah. But Christian Wood, minimum fifteen and six. Translate that over to a serviceable Dude. big who we we desperately just, need. I can count eight yeah. guys on our roster that are actual playable NBA players. You throw in a guy who's yeah, not only a playable yeah. guy and actually productive. Like, what are we doing here? Like, like that's that's, that's, that's true, but that's is that putting us in the in the championship conversation? I, I it don't puts us so. closer. It puts us closer. Literally, literally, simply putting a productive basketball player on the Lakers roster. It's just simple math. I think that definitely brings us closer to that. I I also think it brings you closer to where they. It brings you closer to that title conversation next year than they would than they are heading into the offseason. Because like. So long as Russ is on the roster, the Lakers aren't a title contender. Like that's 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 the lesson I've taken from this season. Well, that too, but but also I think Russ, like he he does become actively detrimental in in major moments, and we haven't even seen him on the Lakers in a playoff situation yet. Like we'll see how that goes in the playing game when when the game is close and the Lakers can't afford wasted possessions, and he comes down and he clanks a a, a bank a bank shot off the the bank the the. Uh, side of the backboard so um Aaron well you you I, I want to bring people back to what you said there that you know there are aspects of this and this is something that you and I talked about earlier on this show and then earlier on the hook too is that like there are agendas involved so if you are if you are leaking stuff from Houston you want it to make you want to make it look like the Lakers were asking for inordinate things in in you know things that they didn't want to give up so you would basically, you would go and you would leak. If people are asking why you didn't get a deal done, you're going to go out and you're going to say, hey, the Lakers didn't want to give up their 2027 first rounder. They didn't want to give up THT. And then if you're in the Lakers organization and you're saying, hey, uh, and, and the fan base is screaming, hey, how could you not have done anything at the trade deadline? And you come back and you say, well, Houston wanted the 2027 first rounder and THT and, and my firstborn son is going to have to be named uh, Tillman. Like that's, those are things that, you know, if, if, if you're trying to leak stuff productively, we always have to consider the agendas there. So when you said that you weren't positive that the package that we've been kind of talking about here is necessarily accurate without getting too far into detail. Um, and you can always opt to say how delicious Hennessy is too. But without getting too far into detail there, like when you get some of these leaks and you see some of these leaks, are there are you aware of of where they might potentially be coming from? Of course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
am I involved in or involved in or aware of every conversation the Lakers have? No, but probably pretty pretty close. Um, yeah, and it's so. And I listened this morning after I saw you guys uh, talking about it in the Slack. I, I listened to uh, to uh, the Hoop Collective this morning, mm-hmm. and I like Dave a lot, but like neither he nor. Ramona really said anything. They never got to like an actual, like Ramona said, oh, it may have been a couple seconds or it may have been a pick slot. You know, like, oh, I heard it maybe wasn't necessarily going to take the 27 first. Okay, then what was it going to take, Ramona? Yeah, like, that's, we're, that's we're, a fair we're, question. We're here, we're here talking about a bunch of maybes that Ramona has thrown out there and it's got Lakers fans, understandably, like irritated, concerned, interested, etc. But she never actually said this was the deal. Dave didn't really either. He said, I heard there was some, the reason the Lakers didn't trade for Christian Wood was because of tax purposes. But what was the deal? Nobody said, nobody actually said this was a deal that the Lakers said no to. Right. We're not in the room where it happened. So, you know, it is speculation on our part from people saying what they think they may have heard with Everything we discuss is speculation because we're fans, right? We're fans. It's all we do is speculate and to create arguments and create points and stuff. But Aaron, what I will say is that because uh, you're right, you know, Laker fans are a little annoyed because not only is this speculation, but this is repeated speculation. When have we last heard that the Lakers didn't want to go in the tax? Uh, something that is very triggering to a lot of like faithful Laker fans, which is the Alex Crusoe situation. So of course, sure, you know. They're they're gonna they're gonna pile on to this, you know, and they're reasonably upset, and myself included, a little bit annoyed because this is now the second time in in a season where you know the arguably the richest fan base, I mean, uh, franchise in all of sports, uh, you know, outside the Knicks or whatever, uh, are are citing tax reasons and luxury tax reasons as an issue. It's not like you know we were first this season uh, in tax, uh, you know, bill or whatever the case is. We were sixth, you know, which is uh, considering who we are as a, as a franchise. Isn't isn't that high? You, you can re- relatively expect the Lakers to always be high in the tax bill just because of who we are and our players. Uh, but sixth is nothing is is nothing out of the ordinary. So that's why it's a little head scratching. And not only the Alex Russo situation, but you hear tax reasons again for a chance to maybe improve your roster. Um. Uh, um. <laughs> I had a Hennessy car car last night. It was pretty good. It was. I know it wasn't straight, but but I liked it. It was just. It was a good balance. So that's my comment on that. I appreciate you, Edwin. I might. I might have to isolate that. That just pain that was there. Of like, I have so much to say, but I can't. Look, let's put. I could. I could be in the dark here. You guys know more than me, so I don't know. I, I understand. Let's put the Caruso thing aside um, because I understand that. That was also one that I pushed for. Um, but let's put that aside. This trade deadline was not, moves were not not made because of tax avoidance. Well, I don't, you've, you said the opposite of that on our show. That like it was a factor. Now, yeah, 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 was no, it- no, 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 no. Look, the financial situation is always a factor in every deal that any NBA team makes, right? Always. And then for some teams, less so than others. And like my problem, my problem is that like with the Lakers, it should always be less of a factor than with the other teams that they're playing against because of the revenue that they generate. But I digress. Okay. 
My point is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be like specific and clear here. I'm not saying that taxes never play a part in any decision that, that is made, because that's not true. Every team has a threshold that they will go to that is different for different teams. We can argue about why the Lakers are where they are in that conversation. We can argue about what that, that limit should be. Fine. What I'm saying is very specific to this trade deadline. There was not a deal that would have been made that was not made because of tax avoidance. Yeah, I okay. feel like at the end of the day, what happened here was... A lot of uh, double again, negatives there. Not, not, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not in the, okay. in, in the situation was, as well. There but were, the, deals, the deals that the Lakers could have made were not made for basketball reasons, not tax reasons. That's what I was going to say. I think the Lakers looked at this deal and saw what they were giving up, what they were getting, and how much better that made them. And they said, it's not worth it. Other Lakers fans, maybe Shove, thinks it was worth it. But ultimately, the Lakers are in charge. Well, they said, you know what? It's exactly. not worth that decision. That's also, why it didn't happen. Also, though, that like the the other thing here too, and and Aaron, it goes back to the agenda aspect of all of this. Where, look, if if you were heavily invested in bringing Russ in, uh, then you probably don't want to cut bait on that investment quite yet, because you know you want to blame Frank for not putting him in more lineups with more spacing, or you wanna you wanna blame AD for showing up to camp a little slower and less explosive. And that makes it so that Russ's pick and roll abilities are, are look different than they could uh, earlier in his career. You want to look for any other reason to be able to say, yeah, the, the Russ trade didn't work out. That's honestly why I have found it so kind of interesting to have heard so many whispers that like LeBron and AD are the ones LeBron, especially was one of the people who, you know, was out there, as loud as anybody saying, yeah, we should, we should probably just try to move off of this. We should try to, you know, 2027 for now it's easier for Russ to, for LeBron to say, let's just move that 2027 first rounder when he's not going to be a Laker in 2027, that needs to be factored in here as well. But I've, what I've kind of found interesting is knowing the way that people with agendas in these organizations work. Uh, (laughs) the fact that, one of the loudest proponents of the Russ trade is out there saying, yeah, no, we should probably move on. That's something that I found interesting. But but when it comes down to, like, you know, Ramona said it specifically here, that, you know, uh, ownership and, and the front office uh, are less, maybe potentially less willing to move off of Russ and go into the direction of change for the sake of change. I heard part of that, not all of it, but part of it was like, yeah, there are people who were pro the rust trade who don't want to say to admit, to admit that they were wrong on the rust trade. That's how this shit works. And and I could say clearly like where Kurt Rambis is is at the center of all this when he doesn't need to be, right? Based on reports and stuff like that. And and you make a good point that I wanted to go back to my theory is just like simply it's about, you know, making this team less worse than actually improving it. And I I say that from the standpoint of even even the post game stuff, like not even the on-court issues that are going on. We literally have my point guard and my head coach taking shots at each other, you know, nearly every game. And we're expect we're supposed to expect 30, 30 more games of this. Like there's actual uh, optimism and confidence from our from our GM that, you know, th- this can work and stuff like that. Like when you see first signs of that, you know, you can temper it a little bit you know, on, on LeBron James led team. But if this is extending over the last week or two weeks and things like that. Uh, and, and outright finishing it with, you know, my back hurts because I'm not used to sitting so much. Like, like how is how are things going to change if we're on a trajectory to a championship uh, uh, level kind of play this season? 
right? You know, you can deal with these, you know, snippy like comments and stuff like that if you don't have those expectations. But this is the most kind of hurdles that I've seen. And these teams usually don't end up, you know, in the final four or the final two. So I just don't understand how, you know, the front office can look at because it just, listen, John Wall is just a name, bro. He just, hap- he just happened to be the guy. He just happened to be, you know, in the room and in the point of time. I could care less about John Wall. I could care less about, you know, these point guards or their production. It just happens to be right in front of us. And if you're having these comments being made and things like that, um, you, you know, you got to do something in your power to move it because it's clearly not working on, on both sides. So that, that's just how I felt about it. Aaron, what do you think of, of like, if you had to rate the chances of the Lakers sending Russ home for the stuff that Shubb is talking about, where the only shots that he's actually landing are the ones that he's taking at his coach. Like if, 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 if that's, if that's the direction that this season is going to continue to go in, could you see the Lakers just saying, you know what, man, it didn't work out. Um, you know, go and work out and stay in shape for the remainder of the season. And either we'll try to bring in a Drogic or we'll try to, uh, move THT into more of a creative role and give him some of the reins because we aren't winning a championship anyway. Do you do you see that on the on the horizon at all? Like, is there a chance of that happening at all? I mean, is there a chance? I guess so, but do I see that happening? No. Is there is like in a never say never kind of world? Is that possible? I suppose so, but uh, no, I don't. That's not happening. All right. Well. That's that's exciting. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, I just, appear, I just, it would appear that Frank is dealing with it the best way that he can, right? And in the moments where he thinks that Russ is not helping the team win the game, win games, he's pretty clearly not going to play him, and he's not going to be convinced to or forced to. He is getting to do whatever he is, thinks is is the right move for that game. And since people, since people are asking um, in my mentions a lot about Russ coming off of the bench, that's also, that's more likely, but less likely, or more likely, but still unlikely, right? I would, I would agree with that characterization. Yes. Yeah. So like, I guess, I guess for me, and this is where I, I'm voicing my frustration and I'm sure there are fans out there who are also frustrated and it, it just comes back to like, all right, there are things that could be done to alleviate the situation that could be done that also come with risk too, right? Like if you send Russ home and you bring Drogic in and then Drogic gets hurt and now you're looking at a situation where you're like calling Russ and say like, Hey man, you busy? You know, like you can't quite do that. Um, but, but I, I, I just, I, the part that I think I, is I, always my favorite, the, the like thing I just got, the, the vision I just got in my head of <laughs> you, not actually you, but like, somebody from the Lakers will say you in this case, yeah. just because you're saying it, like you having to send Russ a you up text at like <laughs> 1.48 on a Tuesday morning. Hey man, we know you're not doing anything. Do you mind coming back? Um, Mr. Triple like, Double, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, would, they would have like, I think LeBron should send that text. That would be funny. And then, and then go public with how that goes. But, but like, I, I, I would love is that to, put it on like text from your ex on uh, on Twitter, or is that on, <laughs> maybe that's on Instagram. I'm not sure. I, that's do you not think something... LeBron uses this many emojis in his texts he does in his tweets? What do you think about that? I see Hennessy is delicious. I see LeBron as as a big gift guy, 
I, I, I see LeBron as a big, like, you know, go into the gift search thing and, and find something. And then he expects the haha on the gift after he's, after he sends it. That's, that's how I see that going down. But yeah, I, when we head for the lottery, we could, uh, a rookie duty we could give Austin is just like get a boom box outside Russ's house <laughs> and play some sad tunes from Justin Timberlake saying, you know, I miss you and stuff like that. So that's, that's no, a good idea. It would have to be breakup music, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. If they, if they go, if they go to the lottery, it'd have to be like some, like some angry, like pink music telling, telling everybody to go home. Oh yeah. Um, all right. That's going to do it uh, for this. We'll, we'll end on pink. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Lakers Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network Live. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. That was, thank you very much, Shub and Edwin and uh, Tate for hopping on uh, the way that you guys did as well. We'll do this again next week. Make sure you guys get your questions in on the form of a five-star review, and that's how I'll start the episode. Till then, we'll talk to you next time.